0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Can't catch it.
2: He did hello everyone welcome back to road of His overtime on road of His radio brought to you by betonline.ag and the ffpc my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland i'm joined as always by sean siegel but as we did earlier this week sean it is not just a one-off we are having best ball week that means it has to be more than just one show and that means that we're joined yet again by mike beers who if you didn't follow and listen to the show earlier this week, please after you finish this one, head back and listen to it. But Mike is the head of NFL data and analytics for RotoVis, and you know really does so much more. The tools we talk about—I know Sean mentions that uh, on the show every time we bring up uh, any of Mike's work—but just uh, you know, such an integral part of of what we do at RotoVis, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show for not just one show this week, but a second show. So, Mike. As always, with the guest, uh, thanks again for jumping aboard. I really do appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to to diving deep into uh, the second show of the week here, looking at some best ball topics.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to get right back into it. Appreciate you guys having me back. This is This is great stuff.
2: Yeah, the show earlier in this week uh, was so good. There was some some uh, fear that if the show in the first one wasn't good, we would have to we would have to drop the best ball week and just do one show. But uh, all joking aside, really uh, enjoyed the show earlier this week, and hopefully the listeners did too. And I know they're going to enjoy today's one as well. Sean, uh, how's things for you now?
1: Awesome, it's great to have Mike back. We've got the MFL 10 of death still in full swing. But today we're gonna to focus even more on the FFPC side, and we'll jump straight in with our FFPC stat attack of the day. And like you did last time, Mike is going to bring this one to us. Uh, give us some FFPC specific best ball knowledge here.
3: A lot of the uh the writing we've done on RotoViz has been Uh, more best ball tens or in the past MFL 10 centric, just because that's where we have more data. But um, there's some interesting stuff uh, specific to FFPC that, uh, you know, it's definitely worth talking about Um, in particular, the tight ends, uh, they come off the board a lot faster. Um, There's a different approach to roster construction concerning tight ends. And uh, part of that is the uh, tight end premium scoring. And something I found very interesting was that, um, unlike in best ball tens where you see sort of a material shift in uh, roster construction win rates. When you get one of these early tight ends that we like to target um, you know, Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, those guys um, you know, when you get one of those, the win rates shift from favoring a three tight end build for, you know, across all leagues to favoring uh, two tight ends. Um, you've already invested in the position and it makes sense to uh, use that third pick uh, somewhere else. Um, but that's not the case in FFPC leagues, which I found very interesting. Um, in the FFPC, the uh, sort of dominant um, strategy has been four tight ends, uh, but it's it's kind of close um, versus three tight ends, uh, you know, about half a percent greater. And uh, both strategies are employed pretty consistently. Uh, what I found particularly interesting was when you get one of those top tight ends, uh, so let's say Kelsey, um, in the early rounds, it doesn't actually change the, um, it doesn't make it so that you can take three tight ends or that you want to any more than before. Um, actually, four tight ends takes a bigger lead. Uh, it goes to 1.5% greater than uh, three tight ends in terms of win rate. And the reason for that, I believe, is... Um, these guys are really filling your flex position. I mean, it's that tight end premium scoring. Um, You are getting a player who's going to put up, you know, across all the flex positions, uh, one of the higher scores each week early on in the draft. If you're getting these high volume tight ends like Ertz, Kelsey, Kittle, and um, that means, you know, it's it's a plus for your overall win rate because you're getting a great player at, at kind of a discount relative to how many points he scores. But then also you still need to fill that tight end position if we're assuming the flex goes to, um, to your premium tight end with uh, a combination of players. So uh, you are not actually better off, um, which is counterintuitive, especially for people who are used to best ball tens, going with fewer tight ends. If you get one of those guys, you still need to go with four probably. And um, you may just be able to wait a little bit longer before you start picking them.
2: Yeah, and uh, obviously, the FFPC Stat Attack is brought to you by the FFPC, and they are the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty Baseball and, of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league today, head on over to MyFFPC.com. That's MyFFPC.com, and, of course as we did on the show earlier this week and as we're going to do today. We're going to look through how the tools that we have on Rotoviz designed specifically to help you for FFPC domination and how you can do that over at myffpc.com. So jumping in, we had kind of part one of the FFPC stuff on the show earlier this week and going into part two now. One of the things I love about the FFPC is that you can play uh, regular format, which is much uh, deeper than best ball tens and then you know you can play in a slim format as well so it gives you options it's not just one one way and it also varies some of the the tactics that you might use so tight end is uh always you you've kind of mentioned there uh, looking at those kind of three or four preferably four Um, when we look through it then the the tight end premium element obviously bumps that up quite a bit tight ends are so valuable in the ffpc uh, that they tend to be drafted in the the first you know three rounds as you've mentioned with that mfl 10 at death as well you know pushing guys like like and andrews up into that range as well um drafting them in those first three rounds where the tight end has a winning percentage above 10 percent um that essentially makes them kind of an, an elite player but with tight ends and when when you get into drafting them what is one of the the absolute keys that you would say is absolutely essential um, while, while drafting, whether at the FFPC in a tight end premium format or or just in a standard format?
3: It's really about keeping track of uh, you know the, the amount of equity you've invested in these guys. I mean, uh, if you want to speak very general, um, if you're able to get one of the earlier tight ends, um, that allows you to wait a little bit longer for your next guys, but I think it's re- a trap that some people fall into is, um, like I just mentioned, uh, particularly in FFPC, you know, thinking they have this great tight end uh, locked up. Say in the second round, you get George Kittle, waiting a bit too long to add to the other positions. Because what happens on in FFPC drafts is everyone knows that tight ends score more points with the tight end premium scoring, and they get they come off the board more quickly. And so you have to get in for your tight end two or tight end tight end three sort of by the, uh, you know, 11th or 12th round or everyone's gone. Um, And, you know, that advantage that you gained, um, you know, having that premium tight end as your flex kind of, uh, you know, it diminishes if actually he's got to move to being your advantage at tight end and you're uh, because you're just getting a patchwork of pretty bad scores from the rest of your tight ends. So there's, there's this, moved up um sort of tight end window where you, you really need to fill in the rest of your roster sort of round seven to, you know, 11 in FFPC drafts, Um whether you got the premium tight end or not. I mean, you need to be more aggressive if you didn't get one. And um I really just I'm off of tight ends after, you know, say round 15 um, in these drafts. You know, they're deep. They go 28 rounds. I see other tight ends come off the board and people have some of their favorite sleepers, but I'm trying to have that position filled out by then so I can go to some other more productive positions with the really late picks. One of the interesting things here, Mike, I think
1: is that you really want to have one of these tight ends in the first three rounds, but there are only four guys, right? So not all 12 owners can get them. However, when you and I were talking about this the other day, we did notice or we did discuss the fact that although only four owners can actually draft, these guys basically all of the owners have a shot at them if you're in the back half of round one then you're going to have an opportunity at Kelsey or Kittle either coming through in the first or back around in the second if you're an owner who has a top six draft pick then you're going to have a chance to select Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz coming back through in round three so looking at those different options how do you prefer it to to attack it in 2020 in your drafts
3: I do really like to get one of these earlier guys. And I I think I would extend that down to, say, you know, Waller goes in the fourth round in uh, FFPC leagues. And part of the reason is I don't mind the opportunity cost as much in FFPC drafts, which to me, you know, if we're using that third or fourth round pick or even second round, um, you know, those, those wide receivers that we like so much in that, you know, um, in that running back dead zone, which is really a great zone for wide receivers. I think, especially this year, um, even though it's so good this year, the fact is in FFPC drafts, you have 28 rounds. Um, you do have to draft kickers, but you're adding more rounds than you're taking away roster spots by having kickers. And, um, the back half of the draft, I am just loading up on wide receivers. Um, and that allows me to maybe take a round off, you know, in the uh, third or fourth round to get that premium tight end. So it's still, I mean, that's an approach I really prefer. Um, what I, One thing I found interesting was um, I was looking at the roster construction explorer and, you know, we talk about how valuable these tight ends can be, the early tight ends, but uh, all pretty much all of the value or the advantage comes from the first premium tight end that you get. I see people every year they talk about it on Twitter and they, and they do it in their drafts, you know, the idea of say, I'm going to get Kelsey and Kittle. I'm going to take advantage of that tight end premium bonus teams that are taking tight end two before the, you know, third or fourth round in FFPC drafts are actually faring a little bit worse. They do they're above average, um, but they're a little bit worse than teams that just took one. Uh, So, you know, it, I don't want to go overboard like that. I mean, you, you, you lock up that premium scorer. And, um, you still need to, you still need to pay attention to the other positions and take care of, you know, maintain that balance.
2: Before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at BetOnline. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive betting partner. and You can find them at BetOnline.ag. NASCAR is back and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events and sports to get in on. If you still haven't joined in on the simulated NFL, NBA or UFC events, they're available 24-7. You can jump in at any time. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you can find exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the Final Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag right now and use the promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution.
1: Moving on to another one of these positions that can be overlooked. We have the defense. We discussed this a little bit in part one. It can give you a big advantage, but I want to get a little bit deeper into the defensive tactics. John Lipinski wrote a fantastic article for us on the site last year talking about what your defensive tactics needed to be. And if you followed his advice, then your win rates in 2019 were absolutely fantastic. Mike, let's start with the the basics here. The three defensive construction has a huge advantage over two defense. And in fact, four defense is also a lot better than two defense. But just when you run the numbers, obviously, uh, you come across a very straightforward conclusion, which is that not everybody can get to three defense. I know you're also one of the sort of foremost proponents of, of waiting on the first defense i think in a lot of ways that's straightforward but take us through what we need to do here to make sure that we get three defenses or perhaps even four defenses but that we don't start that so early that we're giving up important points at a different position
3: yeah so this is always a balancing act for me um in my ffpc drafts because i am weighing kickers against defenses basically and i um I think I talked um, earlier about, uh, you know, kickers. I want to make sure I have three of them and I I pay attention to them in particular because they can get injured or they can get cut. Um, And they tend to go around the same time as defenses. They come off the board a little bit earlier usually, but uh, this is where the FFPC command center has been awesome for me. I mean, I pay a lot of attention to that sort of that odds available statistic um, when I'm on the clock and I can see, once we're getting out of you know maybe the first uh, you know the first sixteen kickers who are really sort of locked in as as producers and you know after the last uh, twenty defenses that's when I start thinking um, you know there might be a problem if if there's a run on these positions and so I'm keeping track of uh, you know how many are how many players are likely to go. And usually what ends up happening is I'll take my first kicker before my first defense, um, just making sure I've got one locked in. And the defenses do go a little bit later. Um, but then uh, I'll I'll take one earlier. Uh, I won't be the first to take a defense, but usually, you know, maybe number five or six. Um, and at that point, I'm just watching the board. Um, I want to make sure I can get a second one in the next, you know, handful of rounds. um, And, and I'm keeping track of how many are left. I don't care if usually I don't want the last defense, um, you know, to be taken. Uh, Usually that, you know, the market is pretty good at determining that the very worst defense is probably not going to be very good though. New Orleans was um, probably the highest win rate defense uh, a couple years ago, even though they were ranked last by ADP. Um, so I'm, I'm just paying attention to that, trying to make sure that I can get that third one before, you know, number 32 comes off the board. And usually it's not a problem. I mean, if you're, um, I know when I did the, uh, pros versus Joe's draft last year on FFPC, which is a a lot of really sharp players. Um, every single defense was drafted. You know, that was a thing you had to pay attention to. And I think that's because, you know, these, these guys knew what they were doing and, um, they knew there was an advantage to having three. But it's really, it's really just a matter of paying attention. I mean, you you don't have to go right away. Um, you just have to plan for it um, and plan around the kickers as well. I mean, I think there's a little more urgency with the kickers, but um, I I'm not too worried about which defenses I get. I pay attention to bye weeks, so I try to get three different bye weeks if I can. Um, though two guys out of three with the same bye isn't terrible. Um, and and it's just a balancing act you know i i'm mostly just filling in wide receivers in between my uh defense and kicker picks toward the end yes
2: yeah, interesting And we'll jump away from uh, defense and kickers and get back to some of the more glamorous positions uh, we'll look a little bit at running backs here in the first show of the week we discussed uh, some of the ways owners can achieve success by waiting on their second running back bigger picture the the six running back construction has been more successful uh, overall uh, and in 2019 uh, yet there are seven uh, running back and eight running back constructions kind of proven to be more popular among drafters. Uh, the eight running back construction in particular uh, has a bit of average win rate. We kind of from those last kind of couple of years and getting the gathering the information, we know the FFPC. Um, this has kind of continued to be the trend, and it looks like it's going to be the same again with very heavy running back usage again in 2020. Uh, in your opinion, are owners playing the the running back position incorrectly, or are they on the right path? What would you What would you recommend our listeners in specific uh, change for this?
3: Yeah, so with running backs, a, a shift in the uh, you know higher end running backs, you know those guys in the first say five rounds moving up even more, becoming more expensive, more concentrated in the first few rounds, should correspond, uh, I mean, if people are doing it right with fewer running backs drafted total. I mean if you're, in dress, if you're investing more capital in running backs because you truly believe they're going to be you know over producers, that means you don't need the running backs um, at the end of your roster, you know, running back eight. Uh, is is not going to do anything for you. And and if you look at, you know, raw production or win rates, either one for uh, running backs, you know, drafted after round 20, there's almost nothing there for you. I mean, there are, there are a couple of standouts, you know, spanning multiple years, um, that sort of give people hope and, and everyone has their pet players who they, uh, you know, maybe rookies who they love to put on all their teams. And these guys end up not contributing very much. I mean, the, uh, the trend that you you know pointed out that that you know as you get to more and more running backs, the win rates start to come down. That corresponds with looking at fewer and fewer wide receivers, the um, win rates coming down. And I think it, it's the back half of that draft where a lot of those running back picks, especially if you've invested in better players uh, at running back early on, are just going to waste. I mean, those are you can get real points from wide receivers who. You know, have just a, a few week, a few good weeks, or have a chance to take on a bigger role, um, especially if you didn't get the premium wide receivers early on. And then also, you know, those are uh, a lot of teams. I think are using those picks, uh, those late running back picks, where they should be taking a third defense or a third kicker. And they're just, it's just not a um, a sort of optimized use of your late round picks. I don't think those are are great points there. And one
1: of the things that you can really do with the roster construction explorers. You can go in and see that, okay, if I start running back heavy, then I want to scale back on the total numbers you can also go in and see just what the numbers are in general and see that the eight running back construction has been less successful but perhaps if you're going to start very wide receiver heavy then that's going to shift you're going to want to look at the possibility of bringing more running backs in the roster construction explorer can help answer some of those questions for you and and once you see the numbers really jump out you see those big win rates you see the the bright green as opposed to the bright red uh, you definitely are, are pushed in the right direction. Looking at that, and then swinging over to the wide receiver tactics. We talked about how perhaps owners are drafting too many running backs. Maybe by contrast, they're not selecting enough wide receivers. The most popular construction in FFPC is an eight wide receiver construction. That's only slightly less effective than nine wide receiver, but we do get a bigger gap once we jump back to uh, this hack that we mentioned in episode one, where we make sure we select three quarterbacks, three kickers, three defenses. In that formulation, we start to get a bigger gap there with the nine wide receiver construction, and we see good results even with 10 and 11 wide receivers, although those aren't used particularly often. Mike, you mentioned you like to hit a lot of these wide receivers uh, when the value has fallen off at running back, has fallen off at tight end. Is this something that we definitely want to be doing we need to get more wide receivers than a uh, conventional wisdom would indicate
3: i think um i think so though i'm, I'm not sure it's more than conventional wi- wisdom um i think what it comes down to is it's just sort of working backwards i mean if you're looking at what's going to be available in the draft um you know at the end of the draft you're you're for the last couple of rounds, either your defenses and your kickers are available, you know, uh, good ones that running backs are pretty much gone. Um, you know, you in, in an MFL 10 um, with fewer rounds, you know, you, you end up looking for a lot of the, your sort of zero RB uh, running backs, you know, maybe after round eight uh, and, but they're still mostly dried up by round 16. I mean, if we, we moved to FFPC, even with people drafting, you know, more uh, maybe more tight ends um, or a little bit earlier. They can only get pushed down so far. I mean, and and people who are doing this are uh, who are doing this a lot. I mean, they if they're doing twenty eight round drafts, they they're you know they know the depth charts pretty well. And these players are just gone. There just aren't as many as there are wide. Um, so I think working backwards. I mean, at the end of the draft, players that are going to make an impact are usually wide receivers, if they're not kickers or um, Or defenses, and that means, uh, but they're not great players. They're not guys who are going to start for you every week, and uh, they're really the way to to get make the most of them is to have several of them together. Um, That doesn't mean you avoid the premium players early on in the draft. They're just going to go on top of that. I'm usually trying to be done with running back um, in FFPC drafts by say around you know round. Fourteen ish. Um, you know, I might add, you know, one upside guy. You know, soon after that. Uh, but I like to be done by then because uh, you know there are players who are going to put points in your roster at other positions available versus other guys who need several things to break the right way. Um, so that's what leads me there. I mean, just sort of that that working backwards. But it definitely changes based on how your draft started. I mean, I and I, I think that that is the like number one most important thing in terms of a mindset with best ball. Um, and I want to make sure I say this at some point on, on our podcast, which is um, the idea of sort of conditional roster construction. Um, and if you start uh, with a zero wide receiver build, or I'm sorry, a zero RB build, you're going to have so much invested in wide receivers who are going to score a lot of points that you don't need as many in order to hit, you know, sort of your target numbers and vice versa with running backs. Um there is no one correct construction. Um and, and the roster construction explorer is so uh great in this way. It can show these things. Um, you know, the right construction changes based on who you're drafting. So I wouldn't say it's always better to have more wide receivers. It's just usually better because um a lot of times you end up with a bigger investment at running back given the way that uh these drafts go. Um so it's it's really important to just keep track of that balance and um, and pay attention to what's going to be available in the future. I mean, they, um, the idea that I try to get my running backs, you know, my running back position kind of done by halfway through the draft is based on the fact that I know what's going to be available later. And it's not guys that I want to pick or want to count on at running back.
2: And obviously, over the last few years as well, superflex has become like like any format. Like we talk about it a lot in Dynasty uh, on the podcast, and ball as well becoming very popular. And uh, Blair Andrews, who anytime we mention Blair, obviously the the work that he does, uh, one of the hosts over at the Road of His Report, which will be getting back on the the Road of His uh, platform pretty pretty shortly. Looking forward to that coming back. But anything he does, always very good work. And he has a fantastic piece up on the site, looking uh, basically a little bit about this and superflex baseball leagues and where to draft those and how to draft those quarterbacks does talk as well about uh, as we've talked about the the kind of quarterback window and uh, the kind of win rates as well a really a really good piece up on the site but um, Sean I know you've uh, you've you've really enjoyed reading this one this week
1: Yeah, Blair obviously does a fantastic job. We eagerly await any new article that he has coming out. One of the things here too that I really like is that the FFPC is giving us so many options and so many fun options for playing best ball. And one of the things that they're doing now are offering these super flex leagues. And even though we don't have nearly as much information on these leagues, we can at least look and see what has happened last year. We can look and try and find a little bit of direction. In Superflex, enough QBs are drafted early that we might start to draw some conclusions from things that happened last year, even though we know the specific quarterbacks are going to do are going to score different amounts of points uh, obviously in 2020 than they did last season. One of the things that really jumped out here is that if you draft three QBs in rounds three to five, you have this crazy win rate above 15%, your top six percentage. Is around fifty nine percent. Now we're dealing with a much smaller sample than with anything else we've talked about on the show. And Mike, I wanted to ask you: when we're looking at Superflex, when we're looking at Superflex best ball, what should we be doing at QBs? Would we expect these win rates to hold up? Certainly, I would think they would be good if we follow this advice. What are you looking to do when you're drafting your Superflex leagues?
3: One, I think uh, Blair's article was was great and kind of nailed it in terms of uh, what I think is the right approach to quarterback. You need to move them up your board for sure, but those first two rounds, um, you still have those uber producers at other positions that you, that you really don't want to pass on. And it sort of just it just moves the quarterback window up, like he says in the article, to rounds three to five instead of six to maybe twelve in the, those NFL ten leagues. Um, but overall, I mean, I think the same. Principles apply. We are moving all the quarterbacks uh, up the board, which means moving some players down the board. But we're still thinking about um, roster construction in the same way, about balance, in sort of the same way. One thing uh, that you know, say, maybe getting three quarterbacks in that uh, that QB window in a superflex draft does is it might um, make the the premium tight end or even the um, the uh, wide receivers who you were, you know, we're talking about winning the flex, uh, and makes them marginally less important because one of your flex positions is going to be taken up by a quarterback in most cases. But, uh, I think the approach kind of stays the same. You move, you push the quarterbacks up the board. Um, and then you, uh, you sort of get them out of the way by the, uh, you know, the uh, first handful of rounds, and then you're back to the same story. Um, you want to, you want to fill the flex position with uh, high scoring wide receivers. You need, you want to have an, you know, at least one anchor running back uh, to put up those high scores. Um, but it's, it's a very similar mindset and a similar construction. I think.
1: Mike, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I think these shows are going to uh, be in that evergreen category for us. Certainly uh, can be foundational pieces that we use as we discuss articles on the sh- on the site, talk about the different tools, Before we let Colm take us out of here, I wanted to give you one more chance to, you mentioned conditional roster construction as sort of a foundational element. Any other key point that you'd like to pass on to the readers and or give us something from a tool? We've talked a lot about the command center. We've talked a lot about the roster construction explorer. Uh, What can we benefit from when we get in there and we use these roto tools?
3: Yeah, so there, um, there's one thing that we haven't talked about at all, really, which is, um, I, I mentioned exposure when we were talking about the FFPs. But um, uh, one thing I've looked a lot into and, and, and thought about a lot is the idea of a sort of portfolio management with best ball teams. I mean, wh- one thing that people people often get carried away myself included with best ball drafts because, um, there is no in season management. Uh, you end up, uh, it's one of the great things about them. You end up drafting a whole bunch of teams. Uh, you don't have to do waivers during the year. Um, after the draft, your, uh, your time commitment is over. And, uh, so people end up piling up 50, hundred, 200, uh, teams on these sites, just doing drafting and drafting. And at that point, um, Your portfolio level exposure to players, meaning like, uh, you know, if you had Christian McCaffrey and, you know, one in five drafts, you have a 20% exposure to him, that starts to matter. And that's something that you can track uh, with our Rotoviz tools um, on Fanball and on FFPC. And um, we actually also have a dashboard for fan tracks now. Um, And it's a useful tiebreaker sometimes if you say you're on the clock and you want to know. Uh, you have two guys in the same tier, but maybe you have 40% exposure to one of them and 15% to the other. If those guys have an equal chance of success in your mind based on your projections, it makes sense to take the guy the, the, to whom you have less exposure. You were taking on more risk um, by putting more of your portfolio into one player versus another um, for the same amount of upside in that case. You know, I'm saying using it as a tiebreaker. And it's something I track pretty carefully for my own teams i generally don't like to have you know more than say 15 percent in an earlier round player because their downside is very high whereas i might go up to you know 30 to 35 percent in a later player um because the cost of missing on those players is lower and it's that idea of risk management which is an entirely new can of worms that we haven't gotten into on on this podcast but um it's it's very interesting to me and it's it's something that i actively manage um and you, and you can use the tools that we have to do that for your for your own uh you know quote unquote portfolio of teams and then another thing i i want to mention that uh is not out on the site yet but i have it on my screen because i'm working on it is we are going to release uh soon a player win rate exposure um and it's going to allow people to slice and dice things in uh, ways that I don't think anyone's really been able to very easily before in terms of um, answering questions about, uh, you know, stacking players from the same team, Um, you know, questions about, um, you know, what, you know, maybe Mike Evans' win rate was high last year just because he ended up on Christian McCaffrey's uh, rosters more often than other players. You know, what do you look like without McCaffrey? Uh, that was a question I had the data to answer before, and I would sometimes uh, look it up. But uh, this tool is going to make it very easy, and that's going to help us understand roster construction better. Um, there's also a feature uh, where we're going to be able to visualize things like the uh, the quarterback window, the running back dead zone, um, very clearly, and um, you know I think make it much easier for our users to understand these uh, these topics that do make a difference. I mean the my whole approach to best ball for years now has been compounding very small edges. Um, you know, I've never been the best at projecting players. Um, you know, that's, that's something I leave to uh, you, Sean, and, uh, everyone else at, um, at Roto-Viz who uh, who's, you know, got a little more experience with it, but if I can get to, um, just, say my baseline before we even bring in picking players and projections to, you know, 50% more likely to win based on roster construction, based on, you know, structured drafting, fishing in the right pools of the draft, uh, using all these tools that that's great. Uh, You know, that that's something everyone should do. And it's easier to do than projecting players and these tools help you do it. So, uh, you know, we've already got this, this huge toolkit uh, for best ball, and it's getting bigger and um i'm just very yeah, excited yeah that about sounds it. sounds awesome <laughs>
2: You've got me hyped. Uh, Where I was starting to wind down to finish up the show, but I'm, I'm pretty hyped and uh, looking forward to getting those tools up on the site. But uh, as I mentioned on the show earlier this week, as I mentioned on every show, the tools up on the site are second to none. And you know, as a subscriber to the site, you get access to all of the content that we talk about. You get access to all of the tools and get yourself a real advantage as you get ready for your drafts. Get ready for the 2020 season. There, there's really no reason not to be to be jumping aboard if you're listening to me and Sean on a weekly basis talking about those tools um you know it just gives you such an edge when you're you're getting ready uh, to play um, and draft in each and every situation it just really covers it all as a loyal podcast listener you can get a 10 discount to a rotavis subscription uh, all you have to do is add the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for further information This has been well and truly a best ball week. Uh, I think uh, like my question was going to be at the end, anything that we missed, but there was some great stuff there, uh, Mike, that you you threw in at the end to cover and clear off uh, some topics towards uh, that we may not have covered. Uh, It gives us kind of an appetite for, for more questions for Sean next week uh, as we get ready for that show. So it's been a really fun week. If you haven't listened to the show from the start of the week, make sure you do head on over and listen to that. You don't want to miss any of it. Lots of great content from Sean and Mike on that one. My name is Colin. kelly you can follow me on twitter at over Ireland my co-host as always is Sean Siegel and again today's special guest was Mike Beers you can follow at Beers Water Uh, up on the site you'll see the great work that Mike and Sean do uh, on a weekly basis make sure you're checking all that out and until we're back next week with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
3: Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right?
1: Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes.
3: I think
4: they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames?
1: Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men?
4: Yep, they also have affordable blue light glasses.
1: Seriously? At those prices? Get them all.
4: I like where this is going.
2: Zenny.com, Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.